When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The biggest breaking news stories. An outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. Good morning to you. Thank you very much indeed for your company. Well, another week. Another set of warnings of dire consequences if you don't get jabs. Uh, booster jab rollout has been uh, doing very, very well. Other than the fact, of course, you know, it's it's been difficult for some people to get appointments and some haven't been eligible because of their age. Well, as of today, every adult in Britain will be entitled to book their booster and to have their booster before the end of the year. Given that it's already the 13th of December, that means we have to roll out one million jabs or near two every single day. Given that the best so far has been 500,000 jabs or so a day, and that's on just a few of the very best days, that might look like a tall order. So Boris Johnson last night, in his address to the nation, announced uh, that the army will be drafted in to help they're building some uh, sta- uh, new stand-up clinics uh, and to deal with the logistics. Uh, clinics hours are going to be extended. Volunteers are going to be called up. This was what was going to be announced last week, by the way, when the Prime Minister and his uh, staff decided not uh, to come forward. Indeed, uh, Sajid Javid uh, was going to do a media round when he was going to be talking about all of this. So we've left it a whole week. That makes sense, doesn't it? Just because of the bad headlines. Uh, but uh, also, crucially, NHS and uh, GPs and other routine work by the NHS in terms of routine operations, often waited for for years on end, uh, we will see that work delayed so they can roll out the jabs. This, because we're told the Omicron variant is so risky. It is more transmissible. We know it's more transmissible. We don't know exactly how much more transmissible yet. But that does appear to be the case. Whether or not it causes more severe or milder disease, well... The evidence from South Africa, where it has spread far more widely and for longer, and they've had four weeks of it, suggests it is much milder. Not just milder, but much milder. However, the Prime Minister said, as uh, the announcement made, that we were now at level four in terms of our COVID alert, which is a a higher chance of the NHS being overwhelmed. What day of the week isn't it in danger of being overwhelmed? That we are in a situation uh, where even if it is milder, the fact that so many more people will get infected unless they and uh, had their boosters, they're likely to get uh, ill. And therefore, we will see pressure on the NHS. Because remember, our job as human beings living in this country is no longer to live our lives be free and try to have as much happiness and joy and do as much good as we can in our lives. Our aim in life now, our sole purpose being put on this planet, is to protect the NHS. 6.36 is the time. Let's introduce comedian Steve Allen, who joins us once again. Good morning to you, Steve. 
Good morning. I'm trying to think since the last time we spoke to you last week whether things have got better or worse. I mean, on the face of it, you know, level four work from home um, rule, you know, now in place. Um, um, we've got the you know, threat of this, this vaccine passports vote tomorrow. We'll get to all the politics of that in a moment. But this address to the nation. Prime Minister's addressing the nation. Always a very serious thing. It's either a war or something terrible that's going to, uh, going to hurt us. There's never been an address to the nation, which means, hey, everything's really great. Relax. Have a party, everyone. Um, so I mean, I'm wondering if you're feeling a little bit more more consternation this week or not? Yes, I suppose I am. Last week I was focusing on the hope like a fool trying to focus on the positive out of these things. But um, I can understand the explanation of the numbers game when it comes to something that's more transmissible but not as, uh, as deadly because that will still mean more people in hospital even if fewer people who catch it end up in hospital, more people will catch it. But then there's a big part of me that just screams, shouldn't have we have had a whole year to make sure there's more capacity in the hospitals so oh, that bigger I'm numbers sorry, of that's, winter. Steve, that's the sort of ridiculous talk that we would accept, <laughs> expect of a, of, of a COVID denier, for goodness sake. I mean, we've been talking about this for 21 months. We had three weeks to flatten the curve because we needed, we didn't have a capacity of the NHS. Built the Nightingales, barely used. Um, didn't actually call up a lot of the NHS volunteers who, who came forward. People with proper, you know, I mean, you know, I'm not quite sure I can do anything other than swab somebody, but there are, turns out, tens of thousands of people with medical experience who would be useful, who wanted to work, who were not caught up. We've had a lot of time. I don't know anyone who wasn't saying we're going to have a, 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 a huge, a huge well, a larger number of cases in the winter. I mean, I don't know anyone who has a clue about this disease who didn't think we were going to see cases go up this winter, and yet they didn't prepare for it. I mean, it defies belief, surely. Yeah, and I understand if you're trying to plug that gap just by training up staff, you've got a seven-year lead time. But as you say, there were other ways around it. The building of the Nightingales was nothing other than PR. There were empty buildings with no one to press buttons. There were no, there were staff. There were they, no, there were there were tens of thousands of people who had you know, recently left the NHS. They were working in your know, agency, weren't necessarily with the NHS. They were available. I'm sorry, we had we we bought up the NHS bought up the entire capacity of private hospitals, and they only used I think about twenty five thirty percent of what they had even I think possibly even less there, there was always we had spare capacity we had spare capacity yeah I mean that always will be the case isn't you know but that was at the peak before sure... vaccination we had spare capacity yeah. but now threat of a possible lockdown in the new year because we might see the NHS overwhelmed even when you know the millions of people well, the vast majority of people have had two jabs and the vast majority of those who are at risk of being hospitalized have had their booster I mean, and yet this threat is still going to be there. I'm thinking this is just what winter's like now. We get the threats. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we always did as well. As much as we always say, when wasn't the NHS talking about being stretched every winter, normally in the January, February time of it? I'm sure they are. But as you say, this doesn't then make this that different. It will be slightly worse, but we should have been putting in steps to make that slightly worse, easier to deal with. So I'm not feeling more positive than last week, which is a shame because I was clinging on to some hope as there was all this talk of how much it might be uh, less deadly, which is what we need from but, but, the evolution of a virus. But that is <laughs> but that is what the South African data suggests. They have had, they are going through a fourth wave. And so therefore cases are going up. 
most of them now apparently are now Omicron variant. They are they are seeing a rise in hospitalizations, and of course, inevitably, after a week, there will be some deaths as a result of that. However, things to bear in mind: um, they are not seeing an increased risk in hospitalizations or deaths as a result of this variant. In fact, it's gone down, despite the fact they've only got twenty four percent of people, I think, with double do a double jab. I think twenty eight percent who are single jabs. So no boost, no talk of any boosters in South Africa. Uh, yes, it's a younger population, definitely worth a, 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 a factoring in. But nevertheless, an unvaccinated population have just experienced four weeks of this Omicron wave um, and and they are not seeing an increased rate of hospitalisation. So they, all of the data on the ground, all of the people working in hospitals on the ground, and we spoke, of course, to a South African um, uh, a GP who's religiously identified this and who's uh, chairman of the South African Health Board, Angelique Curtsy, and, and she's done interviews since, and she's been very, very clear um, that, that this is a milder variant. I completely accept the, the risk that more transmissibility means there are more people who are put at risk and therefore... It is likely there will be increased hospitalizations, but we're not talking about it anything close to the rate that we saw last year. So why are we talking about this as the Prime Minister did as an Omicron emergency boost? It's not an emergency. It's entirely predictable. I mean, everything that is likely to happen, winter, we're going to see a seasonal surge. Um, we're going to see a, a new variant that might be more transmissible. You know, we're going to have the NHS, you know, um, um, facing pressures because it's got built up pressures from the last 21 months of, of failing to do full time, you know, full care for everybody. I mean, none of this is an emergency. This is all entirely predicted and predictable. Yeah. I mean, having a variant that's more transmissible, you don't know when to predict it. I, I admit that that's come out at the worst time. As I it, don't know any medic or any scientist who said it wasn't going to happen at some point. Would you not, if you were in charge of a government, prepare for this as a likelihood? I mean, you know, I had insurance for my my flat getting flooded and it got flooded, but I'd prepared for that eventuality. Yeah. And at least what they're doing now is offering the boosters. Now, that does make sense. Thankfully, it looks like uh, the research is telling us that that booster does really improve your ability to fight off this new variant. So at least we have a relatively simple thing to do. You, I, I agree that we probably don't need to make it sound like it's the end of the world because we've been through things that are far closer to the end of the world in recent memory. Yeah, indeed. Um, again, it's just this just Prime Minister declaring an Omicron emergency boost. Given the, the, this call out for sort of volunteers and this was supposed to happen last week. Sajid Javid, the health secretary, was booked on. You know, I saw the, the press release that, you know, was under embargo and then he didn't appear and then they didn't have that announcement uh, because of all the pressure over these revelations about the Prime Minister and all these Downing Street parties. Um, this is something they could have announced a week ago, um, to be honest with you, I mean, yeah. if they were that concerned. Um, but they didn't. Um, the timing of this, the, the fact that it was an address to the nation, not a press conference, not a statement in Parliament today where MPs can scrutinise, um, the fact that he's managed to get pretty much every single front page today for ex almost exactly the same. Boris's million jabs a day, booster rocket, um, you know, booster jab for every adult by the end of the month. Oh, my God, is the Sun's front page. But PM bets on one million jabs a day to halt tidal wave of Omicron is the Guardian. It's pretty much every single front page instead of front pages about this massive rebellion uh, from Tory backbenchers over the vaccine passports uh, and indeed uh, concern uh, about yet more events, you know, the quiz and goodness. I mean, basically every single day, every evening, there was a party at number 10 for November, December last year. I think that's the easiest way of, of working it out. How much do you think this announcement was about the politics rather than the uh, the science? 
I do think it's interesting. This is a man who just last week was shouting at Keir Starmer saying he's playing politics. And then every other step seems to be Boris Johnson playing politics, not only with the timing of your plan B's and your your booster rollouts, anything to try and make sure that we're not talking about the stuff that actually makes a difference in the polls. And we saw on the weekend it was the first it was the the largest Labour lead that they've had since 2014. Yeah. yeah, which is it's amazing. All it took was, like, as you say, nearly the end of the world a few times for them to slowly get in the lead. And it's it's difficult to give them too much credit because it's like winning the Tour de France because everyone else had a bike crash. But, um, yeah, I think there's been an, an awful lot of politics with this. This is not only, as they call it in that cliche, uh, dead cat move. Uh, it's like they're bringing a cat in and killing it on the table. For those of us <laughs> whose careers might be impacted by some of these restrictions, uh, it feels quite painful. Yeah, indeed. I mean, we've got a lot of things going here. We've got Labour ahead in the polls. We've got these new COVID rules. The, this, the vote is on Tuesday, particularly on vaccine passports. That's the key one that's focusing minds. 65 Tory backbench MPs have said they will rebel um, and will vote against this. That means that the government is going to have to rely on Labour votes to get this through and SNP votes. How the hell the SNP get to have a say in what happens in England when we don't get to have a say what happens in Scotland? I don't, I don't understand. There's talk of a cabinet revolt. I'm I am I am of the understanding about a third of the cabinet have spoken up against this. So we are, you know, in decent territory there. Up to a quarter of parliamentary aides, so there's PPSs uh, to ministers there. So it's the first rung of the ministerial uh, career ladder. Um, they could possibly quit to vote against the government, we're told. Uh, again, often these, there's arm twisting that happens at the end. It may not happen. Uh, North Shropshire by-election on Thursday. That was uh, in Paterson's seat, of course, left because of uh, those uh, sleaze allegations. It's got a majority of 23,000 for the Conservatives. And now there's talk that uh, that could actually fall to another party. Um, There's talk that if it does, then letters could go into the 1922 uh, committee after uh, they need 56 to actually see a leadership challenge. And apparently the likes of Rishi Sunak, Liz Truss, Priti Patel and hilariously Matt Hancock just to give everyone a laugh on a Monday morning, <laughs> considering their, their, their chances are, are, of, of winning. I mean, for a prime minister who almost exactly two years ago won an 80-seat majority, that's quite a big turnaround. But the world's changed so much. I mean, I know it feels ungracious of me to say that Boris Johnson did well because all you need to do is promise to get Brexit done and all of a sudden people would forgive an awful lot. But where I'm from, Mansfield, there was a lot of forgiveness that must have happened for those votes to be lent. But now it's not about that at all. There's been actual track record on actual prime ministering. And I think if you're judging Boris Johnson on that, it's a little bit different. Yeah, indeed. I mean, it's, they were ahead in the polls a little, you know, a few weeks ago. It's it's all changed. Who knows? It may change back. Six forty-seven is the time. Uh, I'm uh, having a more uh, a more of a chat with uh, Steve Allen coming up in just a few minutes as well. Uh, we will be talking a bit more detail about the booster rollout. This is Talk Radio. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and give me a good review. And don't forget to catch me on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 until 10. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.